Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, Secrets to the Saddle, All Things Cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. Now, before we get started, I have a couple freebies for you. And before you go, um, before you go check them out, go and follow me on Instagram for more cycling tips. Okay, so that's Sylvie Dow underscore cyclist. Um, and I'll see you there. So my free downloads, there are three of them. The first one is my nine favorite hill climbing skills download. So there's nine in there. Go try them out. Next time you do hill repeats, do them with purpose. And that is what's going to give you the performance improvement. If you go out and you have something very specific to work on. The next thing is my gear bin checklist. Now, if you're one of those people who kind of is like all over the place, maybe you show up late because you can't find this, you can't find that. Get this list check out the bike bin or bike bag that I use. Um, a lot of my club members have purchased it just to get organized. And what we do is we just keep it in our car with all of our stuff in it. So literally all I have to do is take that with me, put it in my trunk, my shoes, my helmet, my gloves, my food, my, uh, you know, my chamois butter, my sunscreen, everything's in there. So I never have to go looking for anything. And the last thing is, is my bike maintenance uh, recording. So it's an hour, but this hour is going to give you so much information about how to use the tools that you need to be carrying with you on a daily when you're going out riding, how to use them, how to take your back wheel off, how to change a tire, how to patch a tube, how to uh, repair a broken chain, um, and all sorts of other things in between. So Go to askcoachsylvie.com to download all your free um, uh, documents and that recording. And I'd love to know your feedback on them. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram for more amazing tips. Take care and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back for another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew, and this beautiful woman, Harsh Wendon. Wendon. Wendet. Wendet from the UK. Now, before I bring her out, I'm going to give you a little background, but we just figured out through conversation before that we actually connected or I connected with her in 2019. And then about a podcast, I saw her on a woman's Facebook group, a triathlon group, and then a mutual friend who I've known for 20 years connected us. <laughs> just the, the last month so it's weird how things like wrap themselves around it like there comes full circle and and here we are today so 
this woman, I'm just going to give you a little background here before we bring it out. And we got some really cool stuff because what we're going to talk about is her clothing brand for triathlon or cycling. So uh, Tarsh is passionate and she's a fun-loving Aussie. So she came from Australia, moved herself to the UK, which is now, she's now based in London. She is the founder of activewear label Stomp the Pedal. So you have to go check out her page after. So she's a motivational speaker. She's a multi, she's done multiple Ironman athlete, um, Ironman competitions. And I'm super excited to bring her here, but let's just, we're just going to go a little bit deeper. So Tarsh never finished high school or went to university and definitely is learning by experience. Her life in Australia was absolutely magical and she had no reason to leave. However, she wanted to see the UK and do all, all kinds of work over there. She needed to get her visa. And so this was when she was 31 and we're going to ask her how long she's been there. Um, she, let me see here. The mission, her mission was to work full-time in her corporate job as a manager, as an investments team. Also, this was in the UK. She delivered pizzas in the evening and worked on the weekends in a butcher. So all to start her side hustle. And this is the side hustle that we're going to talk about. So never having anything easy. Tarsh has always worked her arse <laughs> for it. I love it. Don't we all? Um, and is working. And now she is running her side hustle while she's training. But just recently, she said that she moved from working full-time corporate to working full-time in her business. And so that is what we're going to talk about today. Tarsh, I'm so excited to have you here talking about your clothing line. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So first, and I forgot to mention this, but I always ask people how you got into cycling. So we'll start there and then we're going to like, just dive into the clothing line. Um, okay, so I got into cycling by default because <laughs> the company the company I worked for back in 2007, like 2006-07, um, became a sponsor of the corporate triathlon series in Australia. And so what they did was they came out to all of the staff and they were like, um, we've just started, we've just sponsored this uh, corporate triathlon series. We're looking for staff to take part. Um, we'll give you all the training and we'll put you in all the gear, but we just want people to represent the company. And me, I'm a yes woman. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm in, I'm in. Yes. And I was like, I put my hand up. And then, um, then I asked one of my staff, because I was managing an investments team. I asked one of my staff, I'm like, what is a triathlon? And they're like, <laughs> they're like uh, didn't you just say yes to this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but what is it? And they said, and they said, well, you've got to swim, bike, and run. And I went, I don't know how to do any of those. I don't even own a bike, let alone goggles. And I don't, I don't have anything. I literally don't have anything. So that was my um, how I got into well triathlon and cycling and running and swimming because prior to that, I just used to go to the gym and get ripped. Like I didn't really care about 
all this cardio nonsense. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but God, how things have changed, hey? Yeah. So did you get yourself a coach or did you just like, so you're like, the, hey. yeah, no, back then the company that I worked for supplied us with everything. So I got taught how to swim. Oh my uh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. I got taught how to swim in a pool. Then we got taught how to swim out in like for a race in the bay in the ocean. Then uh, we got taught how to ride a bike. So that's when I learned also how to clip in and clip out. Like this was like a 12 week, 12 week training thing. What a secondhand bike. I bought a wetsuit, like all of these things. And that was back in 2007. And then it wasn't until 2008 that I left Australia and came over to um, the UK. Well, I guess that's kind of cool that your company actually did that. Cause I guess they're like, well, if I can have a uh, staff represent, they better be rep- <laughs> representing properly and actually don't. Yeah. Wow. That was a great investment. Also something great for you. So how, just before we dive in, move on to the UK, um, yeah. how many of the staff uh, uh, decided and, and got into this? Um, I think we had a couple, uh, maybe just over a hundred staff members took part. Yeah. Wow. Cause yeah, and I, and I think it was a great place for me because I, I got to meet people in the business that I hadn't met before. And I'm still friends with these people like 14 years later. So, yeah. Did a lot it, it of them really embrace, yeah, did a lot of them embrace the triathlon spirit like you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them, <laughs> strangely enough, a lot of them were already runners or cyclists. It's just, it wasn't something that I ever, it was never something in my world because my friends, um, we just used to party like go to the gym, walk around looking really hot in our like muscles and then go party. There was was none of this waking up in the morning to go. What? You have to swim in the morning? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, so my entire lifestyle changed. Uh, Well, it started the change um, back then. So yeah. So how long, so you said it was 14 years ago? Yeah, so I started, I started uh, back in 2007 with like a simple sprint race, um, which, you know, was the biggest thing in my world. I'm like, oh my God, how do people do this? This is like (laughs) mega, (laughs) this is mega. Um, And then uh, in 2008, I left, I left Australia, I packed my bike and brought it with me and I moved to the UK, but it wasn't until 2010 in the UK that uh, once I started living in Richmond and I found a triathlon club that I actually then started back in like figuring it all out again in the sport. What what prompted the move? Like I know it said like you wanted so to see the UK. Yes yeah, so I left Australia because because I hadn't gone to high school and because I hadn't finished university the only way to come to the UK uh, to work was to get a working holiday visa. So I got a working holiday visa um, in 2008 and I had to get to the UK before I turned 31. So I literally landed a week before I turned 31 in the in the UK, but I had this two year working holiday visa, which didn't activate until I landed in the country. So yeah, and then that was it. That's what made the rest is history. Like, I don't even know. Just how left your, your corporate job and you moved over to the UK and 
did you did you go to a job no so when I so the <laughs> the pizza the working the full oh. time and the pizza delivery and the working right. as a working in the butcher was to fund like just to get as much money as possible to come over like I saved 40,000 Australian dollars like I saved a lot of money but oh. when I came to the UK it was I was able only able to get 32p for every dollar like it was Oh, wow. Like all that's the money like, I saved was terrible. Um, that's like, like uh, Canadians going to the UK. Oh, my God. I was, I was, I thought I was really rich. And then I was like, mega poor. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, really half, poor. Chunk it in half and not even that. You're like, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. So I was really fortunate. Had a friend that I could stay with for a, a few months. Um, at one point I nearly ran out of money and I contacted my best friend back at home and I said I think I'd have to come back because I'm overqualified to work or I don't have UK experience so nobody wants to hire me and she's like you are not coming home I'm going to send you some money <laughs> and then the following week I got a um I got a contract job so I was fine oh yeah. wow that worked out yeah I think the universe was really looking after me actually yeah send you some good vibes so now that you, so you got to stay in the UK. So how did you, how were you able to extend it? Is it because yeah, of that so, job? No, no, no. So I, um, I set up my own consultancy firm and um, I basically contracted out to clients because uh, I'm like a lead business analyst. So I work on projects in private banking, investment banking, all that kind of thing. And um, I got sponsored for five years. And once I was sponsored for five years, after that time had passed, I was then eligible for my right to remain. So now I have a right to remain here in the UK and yeah, I bought a house and yeah, now I'm just like, I live here, live here, live here. I'm invested. <laughs> wow. Okay. So now you're full on into Ironman. So I yeah. assume that passion just like, yeah, followed you over to the UK and you're in there, you found your triathlon club, you're doing some Ironman, or, or when did you progress to Ironmans? Or did, are you one so of those started, ones that just jumped right in and said- No, 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 no. <laughs> I wanted to, so I'm all about respecting the distance and respecting the process and the journey. So I really wanted to, I just wanted to understand like how you would go through it. So I started off again at Sprint, then I went to um, an Olympic distance, and then I moved over to the middle distance. And then I went, well, you know, the next step. <laughs> I watched, um, I was at a friend's house um, that was part of my Thames Turbo Tri Club. Um, we had several of our athletes in Kona. And so what we did was we would have a Kona party here. And they're like, oh, you've got to come to the Kona party and watch this <laughs> iconic race. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So <laughs> I go, we have this great time. We're watching this race. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm like, these people are mad. <laughs> but I'm like, oh my God, these feel like crazy. Like, why would you want to do this to yourself? Gosh. Um, <laughs> and then it wasn't until like the end of 2013 that I, um, I'm like, well, I've done all the distances now except this one. So I think I might just, I read Chris McCormick's book on my way home to Australia. So I was going home for Christmas, I was listening to his book and he was talking about his journey and Kona and all that jazz in the book. And I'm like, you know, he's a fellow Aussie. Again, I didn't even really know who he was. 
I'm like, so Ozzy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this uh, Iron Man a go. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't until I came back home to Australia, yeah, in 2013. So it was end of 2012. So so 2013, beginning of the year, I came back home, spoke to one of the coaches in the club, and um, said, oh, I want to have a go at this Iron Man. And that was it. Started training well, for a whole year. I think that's good. That's a really good step because I I don't know how many people I talk to like, oh yeah, I'm getting super healthy and I just uh, signed up for an Ironman and I've never ridden like 60 kilometers because I'm a cycling coach, right? So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like you've just signed your life that. away. You have no clue. I mean, you should have started with a sprint triathlon. I love that you went through because ultimately when you do that, your body is ready to go the next distance. And then it's much easier. It's not like you have to rip yourself apart to like, you know, you got a new routine. You got to be in the pool by five and like, you know, bike like hundred K every weekend and then run a marathon. And you're like, and you got three kids. You're like, what were you thinking? You know, like, <laughs> I know right? I'm like, Oh my God, all these people do this, but I think you get a, a rude awakening unless they're really, unless they're, they're already like really fit and healthy and have been either swimming their whole life or they've been running their whole life or something yeah, like, like that. Me, I hadn't done any of that. I had to, yeah, I you really started had to right. learn. Yeah, I had to learn. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have a background, at least one of the three sports and you're that far ahead, but it's just the time. It's, yes the time like it's just all consuming um and I don't think people realize at that point I'm like eh, you probably should have waited like a couple years and got yourself your body ready for it um yeah. <laughs> so all right so now you're in the UK and what made you decide to start like looking into women's tri clothing like what spurred that um, so it's really weird because, <laughs> so I, um, in the UK, if you think back to like 2013, it was really just Twitter back then and also Facebook. So I was, you know, pretty prolific on Twitter way back in the early days. I was one of those early adopters and, um, the, a lot of the triathlon community would chat through there. And when I said, oh, I'm going to go do an Ironman, and then I started looking at all these people that had all these sponsors, and obviously these are pros. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like put a call out. I'm like, I am going to get sponsors. Not <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Having no clue. We you all feel what? like that sometimes. I'm going to go get like lots of money. People are going to want to sponsor me. They're like, uh, not really. <laughs> yeah, so this is the weird thing right so I had friends in the club they're like Tash we love you but listen you're not even fast no one's gonna sponsor you right and I'm like I know I know but you know if they can do it I can do it you know I can do this you know what I ended up with more sponsors than a pro because oh. at the end of the day it didn't and it was it, it wasn't about how fast you were and I think this is the mistake that I think it's a bit crazy now I think it's a bit I think it's, I think it's a bit of a wank now but back then <laughs> I thought it was pretty epic. Um, I had awesome sponsors. I didn't pay for anything. I got everything given to me. Um, and yeah, I promoted them, but I, I went to companies that I was already using their product before. So I used to use Funkita swimwear back in Australia. 
Um, and so I basically approached Funky to Swimwear in Australia and told them what I was doing. And so they gave me, um, I basically a whole two years, I was like sponsored by them and I would just get everything sent. And then um, I had like hoop, I had Adamo for my saddle, I had Noon um, Hydration. I had some top brands in there. Um, nice. Yeah, so it was quite good. But kit uh, and kit wise, um, Hoob actually sponsored me for a kit for, I don't know, two, three years. Um, and they were great, brilliant. And, you know, Dino's a really great guy. But over time, I'm like, God, this kit is boring as hell. Like, what is, there's no color in the world. Then I, I like that too. Yeah. And the other thing, what I was doing from 2013 right through, I was building my personal brand. I was already, I was like, you know what? I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm going to inspire people or I'm going to show people the real side of this sport. Not all the, you know, showing um, just, you know, fancy stuff. But at the same time, back then we only had Twitter. Facebook was Facebook and I had a page and it was following my journey, but there was no Instagram in until like 2014, like 2014, 2015. So and even then it was really, really new. Um, and again, you had to get early adopters. So finally got onto Instagram and then started posting. But if I go back, way back through my post, to my original post, I don't know, it was like a picture of like, I think the sea or something. There was nothing. <laughs> but again. Well, um, I, re I remember like trying to, yeah, I remember 2007 was Facebook. And then I think there was yeah. like, um, there was a variety of other other platforms like for younger kids right yeah, yeah. and uh periscope was one and that went up yes, and then yes. came Always, down um, yeah yeah i think other brands tried to do something similar to what we have now in terms of instagram but it never flew Just never MySpace was another yeah myspace um so then yeah basically i then became um after you know having all these sponsors <laughs> and slowly you know uh navigating my way through my first Ironman and um I went back home to Australia to do my first Ironman and then I also in the same year did uh Rote which is in Germany uh people call it Rot, but it's Rot in like it's pronounced differently in German so yeah we basically went to Roth and Melbourne in 2014 and then um I discovered Betty Designs and so I applied for ambassadorship for Betty Designs because I'm like, I'm in the UK. The kit here is boring. No one has any color. There's nothing for female. I just was like, it was just too many. It was boring. So then um, I didn't become an ambassador for Betty Designs until 2016. 2016? Yeah, 16 and 17. I was um, an ambassador for Betty Designs. Um, met amazing girls met uh, Kristen like just was all of that and then I'm like you know what we don't have this in the UK we just do not have a high quality female brand that does awesome designs so that you can be seen on the circuit there's just nothing yes in the UK I didn't care about the rest of the world because the United States has got way more people than us in the UK and there's so much more space but there are so many brands already over there and I'm like you know what I don't I don't want to I'm not gonna I'm not aiming for that market 
But I looked at where I was and I'm like, here in the UK, even though it's a very small percentage of people that do triathlon, and then again, women in triathlon, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to create a really high-end, well-made product that I will be proud to wear because I'm so vain that if it looks crap, I ain't going to buy it. And if I'm not going to buy it, nobody else is going to buy it. (laughs) Yeah. And because of my vanity and reputation, (laughs) I I believe I have created an amazing product that the women that have grown it love. And it's proven that they love it because they keep coming back. I've got like a 90% return rate on my clients. Like they just, with no ambassadorships and no sales, they literally, I don't do sales. They literally just see the kit they like and then they come back and they buy it. So there's people with a really nice big collection actually, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I was looking on your, uh, your page at all your clothes that I, I got to see a couple pages before we got on. And I was like, cause I too have been like here in Canada, I'm an ambassador for one, like, um, uh, BME. So, and they have nice, sorry, I shouldn't say, who, um, I'll take, they that. have lovely kit probably. <laughs> they have lovely kind of kit. It's, you know like it's not like standout-ish it's like and then I look on Instagram and I see some of these kits and I don't even know where they come like Spain or Belgium I don't know where they are but they're usually on Spanish women Um, oh yeah (laughs) and I'm just like and then I see yours very very colorful I'm like why and then I'm like how do I buy that um and then why isn't something like that over here um for us because I mean I have a women's cycling club and we try and make our jerseys like I saw your jersey it's quite loud yeah yeah it's quite so like I can see one of my members like across the way and I'm just like oh there's my peep there's and people can see us and that's the whole point that is exactly the whole point so When you're racing, if you've got your family out there and they're out there supporting you for hours on end, the last thing you want is to like run past them. They don't know yeah, I know. In the black, in the black or the yeah. blue or the red or the, you know, just, just like, no. It's just impossible but, to identify. Yeah. And, and it's funny because um, I did a little photo shoot this spring for them and I just like, and I was just trying some of these shorts on. I'm like, is there anybody who tests these? Because nah. like, they're really uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe they're for a certain purpose, but my, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, anywho. And, and I was just like thinking about that. Um, so how did you get into like suppliers and chamois I mean like, yeah yeah there's so, dozens of those out there I know like for try yeah. they're not as thick Correct. as yeah. like road but I mean you guys bike if you think about Ironman you bike a lot longer than yeah. say like the average road r- ride and yeah you know we have way thicker chamois than you guys have in your place so I'm like why is really Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, of course. No, sorry. I think yeah. you're like having thicker than. So some I, of them are like this. Mine are really thin on the tri yeah, suit. Tri suits are thin. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. like them. 
I like them better. Um, and there's a reason, obviously, for that, because we have to swim, cycle, and running them. So you don't want to be feeling like you're wearing a nappy while you're swimming, running, and cycling. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. Not a good look. Um, it's not a good look. But, sure. <laughs> not a good look. But um, I spent... 2015, 2016, and a bit of 2017 before I launched, I basically bought everybody's kit. So my research and development was three years in cycling stuff. And uh, my ex-husband and myself, my ex-husband mainly, he bought me a lot of my kit, knowing that this is where I wanted to go. And eventually I would get there. Um, but yeah, I would buy everyone's kit and I would back then I was known as a kit whore on social media my own term and um, <laughs> I would review I would give my honest review I like that yeah mm -hmm. um I used to get in trouble by the Betty Design Girls <laughs> because I was um, an ambassador for Betty Designs but I was wearing everybody's cycle kit which was um a big no-no so I was like I'm sorry I, I will always race in it but I love freedom. I want color. I want to be able to express myself. I want to support everybody. Um, and in the end, that's why I left being a, I left halfway through my second year as an ambassador for Betty Designs because I wanted the freedom. I wasn't getting paid to promote. Um, and so I thought it's my body. I'll wear what I want. And um, yeah. Unless I, you're paying me. Well, that's Unless you're paying story. me. <laughs> yeah, this is real. This is real estate, and if you want to advertise on me, you have to pay me now. That's the way I see it. So well, I think you're. Like, I think you're bang on. Like if you're going to spend all that time posting, and you know, doing stuff that yeah, promotes yeah. them, so yeah, they get yeah. sales and you get like nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, it's not I totally free agree. Or anything. Totally yeah. So I just thought. What? Um, no, no free no, no, no. So no disrespect to any ambassador programs or anything out there. I oh, understand I know. we, we make money, do. right? Yeah. I walked away going, it's not what I want. I want to be able to have freedom to wear what I want, support who I want, et cetera, et cetera. So I left that. And yeah, by September 2017, I had created my brand. Now, this was driven um, after doing loads and loads and loads of research. So I would like look at every inch of the cycle kit because I only started in cycle kit um and I'd look at every inch of everybody's cycle kit and my god the <laughs> the amount of crap out there uh versus uh, I mean technology has come on a way way a lot since I started but there, there was a lot of rubbish and I think if I was to buy everybody's kit version of their kit today you can tell who's is getting made in the same factory as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Because okay. it's true, it's it's literally identical. Um, whereas I can put my hand on my heart and I and I know that I choose every single panel. I choose the chamois, the paneling, the stitching, everything that puts my piece together is all selected from me. Not offer, not I'm not taking something that already exists and then just whipping a pattern on it. That's why it takes me so long to bring something to market because <laughs> I'd spent a long time testing, washing, testing like, over and over and over. So, yeah, there's a process involved, a massive process. Yeah, I just um, Google, if anyone's wanting to start their own brand in this space, Google is your best friend. And unfortunately, 
that is how you get on it. Like you're not going to find anyone in the industry that is going to sit down and give you all the tools of how to bring this to space because it takes so long. Um, and samples, you have to pay for samples. Nothing is for free. And also in this industry, you have to pay for everything up front. So there's no accounts. Um, so you need to have a bit of money as well. You need to have a little bit of money to be able to fund it. Um, and yet the margin is small. It's, it's an interesting business to be in and it takes time, but it's fun. What did, yeah. It well, I mean, it's all rewarding, even though yeah. you've, you know, you've, um, you, you've been slow at it. I mean, can't imagine like anything good that comes out of something that somebody has rushed through. Yeah. Um, what did you start with? Like what started, piece, what is your yeah. signature piece? Do you have so one I behind you? Off, um, I started off with a cycle jersey and cycle bibs. Um, and I basically had initially launched to men and women. But when I launched uh, to men and women, only um, maybe four guys bought it. Four, five guys. And these are guys that I knew. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't um, count. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I think I should just with what I know. And I know women. I know our... Um, composition I know how who the who are works and I can test this myself on a curvaceous figure and like really look at how it's going to look performance wise and everything but also the chamois be who are tastic make sure the seams are in the right places all this kind of stuff that is super important I don't know That's how many times important. We, we talk yeah, about yeah. that on a ride <laughs> yeah the hoo-ha needs to be in tip-top shape when you've finished <laughs> the ride so yeah so I um only started out with cycle kit so that was in like September 2017 so 18 19 2018 2019 and to date um has been cycle kit and only in 2020 February of 2020 so February last year just before the pandemic <laughs> I launched the uh, I launched the triathlon collection which I'd spent 12 months previously um designing and I went through eight versions before I got to my final version I remember racing sorry I talk a lot but I remember no, racing. go ahead this is great keep going so part of my testing was I've got to wear these in a race and try it out so I raced um a, a race out here called Marbella no Marbella was in Spain and I also did another race called the Lakesman and in both, uh, and these were different versions. I think it was iteration number six and then iteration number seven. But oh my God, beautiful kit, looked amazing on. But it <laughs> cut, my hoo-ha got cut so bad that I was like, I used to like, I was wincing every time I had to pee. So I'm like, okay, this, this is not going out to market. Because <laughs> if I can't, like, if this is cutting me, can you imagine what it would do to everybody else? Hell no. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it wasn't until version eight and I got my friend um, and myself, we both did Ironman Wales. Oh, so you're testing it on like a big event, not like a little sprint event where you can like. No, no, no. You need to work the duration, right? So, and I'm, a, I'm <laughs> I did this in like 15 <laughs> hours. I'm, I gave it a good test. But then I also had my friend, she was in it for like maybe nine hours, nine or 10 hours. And she was mega fast. So, 
Um, we I did I raced Copenhagen in my kit. I raced I raced three Ironmans in my um, kit in 2019, and I had a couple of other girls also race in 2019 in the kit um, of various levels, various sizes, so we could see what it would be like. Um, we all were told that we looked like superstars. We looked amazing. So that was like the box. And then, gone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, 2020 is when I actually launched the collection um, to for the public. And then we went into a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but everybody started shopping. Was it a good thing? Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I, in that financial year, for our financial year, I did £100,000 in sales and no one was racing. Um, and it's only this year that the kit is starting to be seen by people. And yeah, so yeah, it's been great. It's been great. It wasn't, it wasn't great last year, but it was great last year, if that made sense. <laughs> oh my God. So do you, because I was looking at some of your pictures yeah. and do you have one of your suits close yeah. by? Yeah, Can yeah. you grab it? Because I have a couple questions about it. So okay. I hope everybody go to YouTube to watch this because Tarsh is pulling out one of her, um, her kits that, um, and she's going to, ooh, look at that. Okay. So I have a question about the front flap right there. And then about the pockets in the back. Cause I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool looking. So tell yep. me about that. So everybody, you have to, so I'm going to give you a visual. So this is a skin suit for triathlon. Yeah. It's um short sleeve and yep. it's a one, so it's a one piece skin suit. And in the front, there's a little flap. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. And then in the back, she has some pretty cool pockets. It's like mm -hmm. a whole, is it all the way through? So it's two, it's two back it's pockets with, yeah with a side okay. entrance, but they're very wide and deep. So you can carry quite a bit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. So make sure that you go to YouTube and check, um, check out this portion at least. So you can see exactly, oh, what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So if you think about a Jersey, it's a full zip in the front and it opens up to a bib type insert. Mm -hmm. So that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. So what that does, okay. what that does is that allows one, it does a few things. It allows the wearer to be able to strip off quickly and go to the bathroom um, and then come back, basically come out of the toilet. So what I've done when I was testing it was I would go to the bathroom and then I would literally pull up my pants and run out and do the rest up while I was on the run course that I'm not stuck in the bathroom losing time I'm back out on the course um and when I wore this in Copenhagen I went to the bathroom a lot I had gut issues for the first time in like 12 Ironmans <laughs> and that was like that was one of my I was in the in the bathroom and it was raining so I got to really test the ability to take the suit on and off quickly in and out multiple times and I was like oh this comes off nicely like even when it's wet, it comes off nicely. You just it doesn't like stick to your skin. Cause no, some of them, like when you're trying to put it back on, you're like, yeah. Like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, no, they literally would just like come off and come back on. Now this fit in the front, like a bib, like it's similar to like a bib short is yeah. to sort of um, 
kind of not hold our guts in. Hold that up again. So for the women when we're racing, if we've got a site, my mums that have like the mum mum yeah. pot, or yeah. me like I'm perimenopausal, I have a meno pot now that I'm used to have. Meno. Meno. <laughs> that's not what that's called, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just talk about that after. <laughs> it, it, it allows the female to have a really nice spilt figure. So you feel like nothing's, there's no muffin top. Everything's like kind of nicely. It's like neatly. a girdle. It sucks everything in. Yeah, yeah. It's nice and neat and oh. it's nice and easy then to just do the zip up and then zip your suit back up so that you, I mean, when you're wearing it, you do, I feel like I wear a small and I'm 75 kilos. I don't know what that is in um, pounds. But when I raced in 2019, I was between 68 and 65 kilos and still wore a small. So these suits look amazing on, like they look amazing on. The material then, looks really nice. Yeah. And so that's another thing when people buy it or try, or I send it to try on or whatever, they're like, oh my God, your fabric, the fabric is just another level and I'm like oh my god what is everybody else using these days because I only go for the best <laughs> like, <laughs> what I'm we're like, using <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like... is, I mean it's not a cheap suit it's a high-end boutique brand I'm not there to try and um cater for the new people just starting out I don't expect them to spend that kind of money but when they it's something that they aspire to it's like a process like as you go through the journey of your time in the sport the more you're in it, the more you want to invest in it. And that's when you start, like, it's like you start off with an average bike and then as you get better and you enjoy it, you then progress to a really nice bike. Same with the suit, you aspire to other um, And then there's other the side pocket. These are really deep. Um, I don't yeah. carry it. Yeah, I don't carry a lot of stuff on my actual bike itself. So I put all my nutrition in my side pockets. So when you're in aero, you literally just have to put your side and you can just grab it and pull it out. None of this over the top like that flexibility is yeah. So yeah, if so you guys can pocket. picture, yeah. So if you guys can picture, if you've got your cycling jersey on, you have all your pockets where you have to dive into them, where her pockets you go sideways in. And there's another, there's a woman who has a brand, it's K um KLS. I think in Montreal and okay. a lot of her suits, same thing, dresses, little jumpsuits. They have a yeah. back pocket on mm -hmm. one side where they can, you can put your phone and you just like whip it out like that. Yeah, It's not yeah. like a pocket, like um, a hand in, it's like behind your back kind of deal. Yes. And it's just yeah. like that. And she was a road cyclist. Yeah. And so the reason why the pockets are on the, have a side entrance on the tri suit is because when you are in aero, you want to maintain that aero position. So all you want to be able to do is just come in from the side, grab your gels, take, bring it to the front, consume your bits and pieces. And also on my suits, there are side pockets on the legs. Oh, well. very cool. Those are nice. Yeah, so this is great because um, when you're on the run leg and even on the bike, you can put stuff on your side pocket. I tend to on the bike put the um waist so when I finish with a gel wrapper I'll fold it in half and then just slide it in my side pocket and then that will just hold it then when I get to the run when I get into t2 I empty those and replace it with new new stuff and off I go kind of thing 
That's great thinking. Um, yeah. Practicality, practicality, practical. whilst looking good, whilst looking good. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it's being arrow because that's a yeah. big yeah. thing yeah. Um, yeah. for triathlon, even time trials. Um, yeah. The suit is one of the components along with the helmet and then the bike that mm. will improve your time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Position, kit, bike, yeah. helmet. helmet. Yes. Oh, that thing. is really pretty. I like it. Thank well, if you're you. ever yeah, looking for one... someone to, you know, I'm not a triathlete, but do you have a short sleeve, like a sleeveless? I do like have that? a sleeveless suit. Yeah. So the sleeveless suit is um, the same. Because I was looking at your site for one of those, because that is something that I'm looking for. Um, because I do a lot of coaching inside in the winter. And like, I just don't want to have like the sleeves and everything. Like I, I want to be like, I don't have like all sorts of fans and everything and Mm -hmm. just a one piece that I can pull on. And so that's why I was looking at all these other, like really chic kind of colors so Mm. that I could, you know, find a couple that I can wear throughout the winter of my training. And I don't have to have like a Jersey top on like sleeves. And I'm just like. So I'm just like tank top and like shorts or tank top in my bib and this, you know, you know is this I mean? when you're doing um turbo? Is this when you're doing it on the indoor trainer? No, well, this is when I'm coaching online. Okay, okay. Oh, so, okay, yes. Yeah, so I'm in you front of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to look good. I don't really want to be in my sports bra where I'm hanging out, my boobs are in front because everybody's like looking at me as a coach. And so I'm of like, course, of I'm, course. Trying to, I'm trying to find something that is like not going to make me sweat so much. And I, you know, and I look good. So I mm-hmm. bought, I bought a couple and I'm just like, and I started splitting at the seams. I'm like, Oh my God. Well, it was cheap. And there you go. Oh cheap. my. And then I tossed it, like I handed it off to somebody else. I'm like, no, I'm not wearing this. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I do have sleeveless suits. The yeah, that one's size, love the, the yellow. Size. Yeah, thanks. The difference with my sleeveless suits is there's no side entrance pockets on the back because these is more for short distance. So a lot of the athletes tend to wear this in the sprint and the Olympic distance, but there is pockets on the legs, just not on the back because it's just it's too short and sharp. Yeah, and I like the so everybody, if you're thinking like, so hers is the sleeveless, they're really nice cut around the shoulders mm-hmm. and she's got a good vent, like, um, it's a really nice ventilation material. It's- ah, so this was the original, uh, ventilation fabric. However, after I did a lot of testing, this is one of my best suits. When I did a lot of testing, this ventilation fabric is too, um, fragile. So what would happen is it would slowly deteriorate. So during the testing, the year, the year-long testing of this, I actually replaced this because it was too, it was too fragile, too fragile. Whereas now I use a, it doesn't look as ventilated, but actually it is. It's um, carbon technology. So this is a carbon fabric. Now there's a lot of little holes in here. It's just okay. not as, it's not as uh, prominent as the other one. Right. Yeah. This is, um, it's got cool technology. It's also like all the 50 plus factor. The only part, this is this part is not recyclable fabric, um, but all the other parts are. But yeah, this. 
it has been recycled, like that is recyclable, but that's recycled products or yeah, so it this is, uh, it's fabric made by recycled products. Oh my gosh, that's super cool. I love it. Yes. Yes. We're all about, it's got all the bits in here. Sustainability. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's all made from recycled yarn. Oh my gosh. Cool. Yes. We like to, well, all my packaging is compostable and. How did um, you find that material? So the factory I use, they pretty much have, anytime they get new fabric, I get sent out swatches on hangers. And so sometimes I get sent a parcel and there's like 20 different swatches. And then on each swatch, there's um, like five to six pieces of fabric and it goes through each one. So I can then go online and do my own research and have a look at, is this true to its word? And, um, but I've got like, I'd love to invest in my office once I get myself set up. <laughs> it's called like a steel rod and then have all my swatches hanging that I can just go by and test. And like the swatches that come through will be everything from the zip to the to the chamois, uh, from the chamois to the grippers. So you can oh, really- the arms. Like, yeah, and yeah, the legs. And the legs, and the legs. Um, oh, the legs, don't talk about the legs. We don't like the sausage leg look, huh? No, so that's one thing <laughs> that I can- Did you eliminate not, that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't had any, I haven't, one client come back to me and say that it didn't look good on her because she felt she had it was a sausage look uh, out of all other clients no everyone is loving it oh my so yeah I want <laughs> but this is why um testing and like testing and repeat testing and testing and repeat testing and you do that for so long that by the time you go out to market you know you're not going to get a lot of returns or ask for refunds things that might ever come back as a return could be that the sizing just not, might not be right and it's not even returned for a refund it's returned for please can you order me the right size in the next pre-order and then these clients are prepared to wait that little bit longer to get that design in that comfort but just in um the right size so yeah very small percentage very very small percentage do you have a team that you work no, that's with? just me no <laughs> oh come on you can't do all so your have, social media stuff yeah yeah so there's me and I do have a virtual assistant um that I hired when did I hire her maybe September last year did I hire her last year you're like I need to get no, rid I of I hired her yeah I did hire her <laughs> last year I don't know she's been with me and she's amazing um no, I do all my social media. I have one lady who, uh, part of the team, part of her team, not my team, part of her team that will review um, and just make sure I'm kind of on like doing something good with the grid. But I'm one of those people where I don't really care. I just want to show off all the stompettes in the kit. So I just post what I want, whatever I want, however I want. I can't be bothered. <laughs> Well, you know what the thing is that I think a lot of people just stop themselves like myself it's like thinking too much about what to put out there you just got to get it out there regardless mm -hmm. if it's pretty or not like so people mm -hmm. can just see it because the ones that judge you aren't going to be your your yes. product users anyways so yeah. you're just like whatever <laughs> and that's the thing um I might put all my stuff on Instagram 
but it's not where I get my clients from. I get my clients from word of mouth, um, from my email list, and um, just people knowing me over the years, like, and coming on the journey. So, um, but Instagram, no, I don't. I don't even do any paid advertising on on the social media. I'm just like whatever one day I will but right now no <laughs> <laughs> well one day when you need to maybe so but yeah. how do you look at that flies right here so how do you keep um the the pot flowing like the money coming in is it enough for you to no <laughs> or do you have an extra side hustle to keep you going for that no so um I worked I, if you don't you don't have to say I was just no 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 because this is people a business woman, I'm curious no, this is but this is also um, how the reality for me. I don't. I mean, I wish I wish other female brand owners talked about their journey of building a brand out there in this space. But I don't know why, but people just don't do it. And I've helped. I've shared as much as I have as I can with two brands for the US. Um, two girls that I know. One's just launched. I think she launched only like last month. Um, and another girl, she launched a few months ago, um, but I helped, they asked me lots of questions and I was quite happy to share. So I just wish other established brands um, in the female space talked about it a bit more because I think people think that um, it's a very, you make a lot of money and, it, and you don't, you don't make a lot of money <laughs> because yeah. everything you make goes back into product development to make it better or to widen the range. Um, but because I had a corporate job where I consulted, I would just bank all my money, all my funds. And so I funded, um, my ex-husband gave me an initial loan of money to help me, which was about 7,000 um, pounds. And that was just to help get it off the ground. And then ever since then, it's been my own money. And what I have been doing since September 2017 is running it through a um, pre-order model. Right. So I would set it all up and then clients would order, um, knowing full well that it would take, you know, nine to 12 weeks, depending on the size of the order um, and where I got in the production line, in the production schedule. Um, and then, yeah, they would pay up front and then I would send them the kit uh, when it got here. As soon as the well, kit arrives with me, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because then you know exactly. You don't have to carry lots of inventory. You're like right. the cart, the the shopping, the, the store is open for the next month. Then yeah. it's going to close and then you go to production and then you're going to get your kit in like eight weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, depending that's kind of. Your, yeah, depending on who's your, for my, mine takes 12 at the moment. Um, and I think it's just because it's trying to get into the product. Uh, production schedule they will send me things earlier if they can get me in sooner um but you are in a line with others <laughs> yeah, I know, um, it's true like when yeah, we go then, for our club kits it's like we have a a closing date to get your orders in and then everything goes in like all the sizes and and all yeah. this stuff and then then it's approved and then yeah, yeah it goes in the queue wherever that is yeah. And then we get, uh, we wait. Well, usually it's like, it's eight weeks. That's good. Six I if it's really good. Go yeah, yeah. I'd love that. <laughs> I to cater for, um, Italy shuts the whole of August. So nothing can get made in August. My factory shuts in August. 
And then my other factory, which is in Asia during Chinese New Year, they shut for two weeks, two to three weeks. So for me, it's I need to have, so I've already designed next year's collections and they're already in production. So I would receive those at the end of this month um, and I'll shoot those next month in September. I'll do a photo shoot. Um, but I'm going to change my model because in order to grow, you kind of do need to have stuff in the store. So I will be doing a transition of going from pre-order model to having stock in the store. And I will buy stock based on historical sizing that has been purchased in the past. Once I buy that stock and it sells, that's it. It's gone. The collection's right. gone. So you're like eight sizes small and that's it. First come, first serve. And I mean, that's smart too. You can't have an over load of inventory because you're going to be screwed with all that yeah stuff that you can definitely keep in stock um for those that want to create their own brand is like i've got a signature line so my signature bibs which are just plain navy and plain black they i always have them in stock of various sizes um because that way clients can buy those and then you can sort of be you can have really good bibs and then when you see a really cool jersey that you like whether it's my brand or somebody else's brand you can sort of just like buy that and get it and match it with your favorite bibs kind of thing. Um, but yeah, next year I'm going to try again, trial and error. If it doesn't work for me, then I'll switch to a different model. So I'm constantly evolving. Yeah. Well, Hey, I also, I, I was just thinking about, and I should have had asked you uh, before, but the chamois. Yeah. Can you show us what the chamois looks like for all us ladies? Because <laughs> I've got varieties of them and some of the most basic are the most comfortable. Some of the most oh, yeah. technical are just like, oh my God, they're like Too sitting technical. on a, a surfboard. I'm like, so, <laughs> no, I totally get it. So I have, um, I only buy my chamois from Elastic Interface Technology. So they're an Italian-based brand. Um, I, I've never had any issues with them. Um, so I've, I've, I always use those chamois. Now there's a chamois. I want to transfer possibly my cycle kit manufacturing to another factory, but they don't hold the chamois that I use. So I'll need to go to my contact in Italy and ask to buy my chamois in bulk and then have that sent over to my factory where they will then hold it. And then when they make my kit, they have to make it with my chamois. What makes your decision when you change um companies like that because that's a whole process to start over and and like make sure yeah. that they're gonna produce it is there so this a big is really painful really painful because i've never had my cycle kit is such an epic product but because the uk left the eu brexit has absolutely killed killed me <laughs> and the tax and the customs and all of that to come from over there to over here is just too much. And also it cut for me to get it made where I get it made, it costs a lot of money. Some people are selling their kit for like $69.99, right? It costs me just a little bit less than that to get my bibs made. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So how, how, how I have no idea how they do that. They must have child labor because I, I don't, I can't get the concept. So I need to sort of review and have a look. I'm, that's going to be a whole process, a whole new process. I'm not selling cycle kit at the moment, 
purely because the whole EU getting it in, uh, getting it out. Like, mm. yeah, I don't even sell to Europe anymore because the taxes that my clients have to pay now that are stipulated by their country is just ridiculous. So, yeah. So is that causing everybody to buy internally? Is that yeah. what that's all about? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, ah. clients, the so people that are in Europe, as much they will wait till they get come over. <laughs> so, oh. they're like, can you please, or they, they say to me things like, can you please order me this kit? But don't send it to me until I'm in Europe, like until I come over to the UK. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have this for a while. They're like, yeah, that's fine. I just want it when I come. <laughs> Definitely worth the money. <laughs> yeah. I will buy it and I will pick it up when I'm over there. Uh, and I'm like, oh my okay, gosh. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can. I mean, everything's just so close. I imagine like, it's like a weekend yeah. trip. I'm just going to go yeah, yeah, yeah. plan something, go pick up my shopping order <laughs> at the same time. Wow. Oh, that really sucks. Well. I, can, I said to them, don't worry about me. I'll just come and meet you in the UK, like wherever you are in the UK. I'll just come and meet you. We'll have lunch. I'll give you a kit. Oh, <laughs> sure. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Wow. So um the chamois the chamois yeah let's just see the chamois oh and then we're right. going to talk about plus size i know we're, yes. we're we're talking a lot but i mean this That's is really okay. interesting okay so chamois on my tricep it is a you very making it red by the way <laughs> um, <laughs> although although um, so it's going to change no no no, no. <laughs> i'll explain why this is not by choice so Elastic Interface Technology, the company that I buy my chamois from, they are still making the exact, the exact same chamois, but they're changing it to gray. Okay, gray is okay. Yeah. Like when you get um, like like really light colors, you're like. <laughs> yeah, don't you realize we're women and we have periods and we might bleed out. So, hey, we need, yeah. we need, I mean, let's just be real here. This is the kind yeah, of thing that we say. Like, Oh, gorgeous, but so oh my God. The chamois, the chamois in the tri-suit is a thinner chamois and it's thin because we swim, bike and run in it. Um, that, that. Uh, let me see. It looks comfortable from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going into my, oh, I'm going into my. Oh, is this your bike, bike shorts? This is my bike shorts. So these are my bibs. Oh, reflectors. It's all about yeah. the stitching as well. The stitching is what causes the uh, sausage leg. Yeah, I know. It's like uh. okay. So my chamois mm -hmm. is this one's green. Yeah, um, it looks like a penis, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, it really just mimics the saddle. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I can train, so we just say how it is, right? Your audience is going to think, who is this crazy Aussie chick from the UK on the show? <laughs> Why? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, um, there is, it's, it's not thick, it's a pun. So it, I ride on the nose of my saddle. And yeah. so, and um, my saddle's got the prong and it's a narrow saddle. I ride a Joff 55, a Cobb Joff 55. It's a beautiful saddle. Um, but yeah, this chamois, I've tested, and I have another one as well that I like. I've tested this. Oh gosh, and you got to test on the different saddles. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tested this and I've had 
I had four other females in different sizes and shapes also test the bits as well. Um, because my original chamois that I launched when I first came out, the supplier decided not to make them anymore. So if you're running your own brand in cycle kits, be prepared for the chamois company that you use to decide not to make that particular chamois anymore because they tested it on a pro rider and the pro rider thinks that it's better for that. So yeah, <laughs> sometimes you have no control over what you get. Um, but with plastic interface technology, they've got loads. And so you you basically go, I went to my factory and I went, can you please make me um, my bibs? Everything exactly the same, but change the chamois on this one, on this one, on this one. And then you just test, test, test. And then whichever one doesn't rip your hoo-ha up, that's the one you go for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got a chamois sample. Um, I love the shorts, but the chamois, like the little, the, the, the padded part is too far back. I'm like, yeah, because we never on our bottom. We don't ride on I'm our like, bottom. I'm like, what is this? Like, it doesn't even cover mm. half. I'm like, and it's way up my back. I'm like, okay, you need to shift this thing forward like about an inch. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to be, because, you know, with, with when you lean forward and you're pushing in your saddle, like, you don't want to yeah. be half on, half off your chamois. It's just like, who put this in here? I'm yeah. like, <laughs> so it's, I'm like, do people test? I do wonder. I know. Is there any female testers in this in this company? In it's an Italy. It's an Italian company. Yeah, um, probably not, not to be fair. Yeah, I know. Not to you know, but hello. I mean, a good portion of your market, which is growing, by the way, are females. Um, mm. mm -hmm. So I'm like. <sighs> Price. I was like, well, maybe I can take it to a seamstress and she can take it like un like take the stitching off and just sort of shift yeah, it forward so I can love these shorts hundred percent because they're comfortable. Mm. Comfort is everything. And then um you wanted to ask about plus sizes. Oh yeah, we were gonna talk about plus sizes because I was mentioning that um there's uh two girls, uh Kelsey and Marley, and uh Kesley and Marley and uh, they're in um, California and I did a podcast on them for a plus size mm -hmm. girls and yep. they were talking about like cycling products you know from jackets to chamois to, like yeah everything you know bikes bike saddles um uh, in our podcast interview and then I was just like well maybe you should start a brand mm -hmm. <laughs> you know because yeah. if you're you know working with bigger companies when they don't see that vision they're like ah oh, you know it's not a market blah 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 and you're like clearly it's a market um it's almost like you should start but i'm going to connect you to but you want to talk let's talk about plus sizes so currently my cycle kit starts at two excess so extra extra small and it goes right up to five xl which i would say is around a size 20 oh, it's a bit hard I don't know what it would be in American terms but well, that sounds um, probably about right it's quite it, it goes up to quite um a larger size now for the fuller um busted and fuller hipped women my yeah a lot they do they do purchase it however because my brand is a high-end boutique brand and the cost of my product is not cheap the um when I looked back and had, I pulled out all the data and I was like, right, how many, how many clients do I have? 
or that have actually bought anything above a 38 sales. And I can tell you less than 20 pieces have been sold in four years of being around in, the, in that larger market. Now, the reasons why I can come, the reasons why I think of it is, could be price, because why, uh, it, like if you're starting out, um, or even, yeah, because usually a lot of women and, and the, the bigger busted ladies or the fuller size ladies, they might just be starting out and they might not even know if they like cycling. So they won't want to go and spend, you know, 150 pounds on, you know, a, a top, which over time um, they may not wear anymore because they might find that they just don't like it. They haven't been cycling enough, whatever the story is. Right? So it could be that they're new to the sport. Um, the other thing that is, is that when you are a fuller busted or a bigger lady, over time, you will naturally lose weight, right? So again, why are you going to invest in a high-end boutique brand, which has amazing designs? Yes, I have amazing designs and I go up to 5XL, but <laughs> if you, if you um, are starting out or your, your plan is to slim down for a goal that you have in mind, then you're not going to go and spend the kind of money again because you'll have a, a few wears in it and then over time it will just sit there. You won't wear it anymore. So I have a lot of ladies that love my kit but always say to me, I'm aspiring to get there because I plan to get down to say a 3XL or a 2XL. There's a very there's very few that go for the 5XL. And my ladies, the ladies that I do have that are 5XL, a lot of it comes down to their boobs. <laughs> so <laughs> they are not actually big, big women. They've just got a massive, but really big butt, like a really big mm -hmm. butt. So, and because the fabric is so nice and soft and just like sits on their skin, there's plenty of room for the bust area. Um, and the boobs, the bibs have got some give. So even if you're a 5XL, you could probably wear them till you're about a three or a four. So you get a bit more wear out of them. But again, a lot of my, um, yeah, I don't, I maybe have maybe three or four ladies that are, that purchase the five. Oh, we've lost you. Oh, oh there you are. Yep, there you go. Are you going to, are you going to remove that size? No, 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 because what I'll do is in my bib and my winter jacket, um, like the signature stuff, okay. I'll always hold one or two of those sizes. When I do my collection, um, I won't buy it in, I won't buy and keep it in the store, but what I will do is make it available to those ladies who do wish to purchase uh, that 5XL um, and if I can go bigger, I'll try. Um, I will. I will do them as a pre-order because it's. I, there's no point me carrying such a large size if it's never going to move. I've got a size three XL tri suit and a three XL sports bra that I've had since last year, and it hasn't moved. And I, it's just because women are not racing in that size, or they haven't found my brand yet, or they don't wish to spend that kind of money on on that size. So. Those I will do, but they will come at a pre-order, the larger sizes. The other thing I wanted to let the brands out there know that, or the women out there know who wish to start a brand or wish to purchase this kind of stuff is 
it costs me, <laughs> the brand river, it costs me more to make the acai root as well. And naturally, that's because of more fabric. <laughs> um, it's a lot more to work with. So, um, yeah, that's just another thing. So there's, it comes down to pricing, where someone is at in their goal, in their journey, and, um, yeah, cost. Cost to make, cost to sell. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I wonder, do you, um, so I've never seen this because it's true. Larger sizes cost more because of more material because you're paying yeah. per meter yeah. and, um, and then you're making more on the smaller ones because it's less mm. material. Um, mm. I guess it all balances itself out at the end of the day, but mm -hmm. I did see, and I can't remember, but one company where they were charging more for plus sizes yeah and i could i can understand that. i won't uh oh. because it would be a pre-order i don't anyway. see that very often i just saw it one time but i was yeah. like yeah i mean like i think know. i when i investigated it more i was like oh my god really it's gonna cost me more <laughs> to make well, yeah, more you're like more yeah, there's three times as much in material you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot more material and i'm like oh even it cursed me just because they're using more material that I don't have to pay for. I'm like, listen, this is what I want. Can't you just make it? Um, but yeah, it can cost me more, but because the demand is not really there, it's not there for my brand, um, then yeah, I won't worry. But these two girls in um, Canada, or sorry, in California, if they are going just for the plus size, then I wouldn't even worry about the smaller sizes because there's plenty of people that cater to that. I, yeah. I would just go straight for the target, your niche market. And if your niche market is, you know, 3XL to 8XL or something like that, then that's who you target. And then when you're talking to those people, they're the kind of people that will come through to the store. Okay. The girls outside playing. Oh, <laughs> and they're very loud. <laughs> oh, I can't hear them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just do your research. Do your research. I would yeah. say absolutely. That's awesome. And so, I guess, like, we'll just. I think we've like chatted about everything. Um, <laughs> we're definitely going to be putting all her um, social media links there and the store, and maybe. Tarsh, if you can give us um, some kind of an idea when your store is going to open uh -huh. so people can like bookmark your website so they'll be ready uh -huh. when it opens so you can pre-order your stuff. Do you know, do you have, you said you had a date. So the store is currently open. Whatever's okay. in the store, whatever is in the store now is um, available for immediate delivery. Um, I will not be doing pre-order again. So when I put new collections in the store, um, it will be product that you can get straight away. Okay. But once it's gone, it's gone. Okay, uh, that's but, what you're doing. You're not doing the yeah, pre-order anymore. I'm going to yeah, right. transition across. Um, and there's also at the bottom of this, at the bottom of the website, you can sign up for the monthly edit. And in the monthly edit is where I give quite a lot of insight to what's going on with the brand, sneak peeks at the new collection um, or new product. And then I just share some stuff that I'm learning along the way. Um, and I'm, 
I launched my Stumper Pedal coaching as well. Um, I'm hoping to do it next month, but we'll see. There's so many things. Get your do. certification to be a coach? Yeah, so I'm getting, I'm in the process of getting three. I, I should finish two of them by the end of this month. And then I'm going for the third, which will be a lot longer, but I will have enough certification plus all the experience to then, yeah, usher some, some amazing women through on the journey. That's time consuming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You're, you're um, going to have to decide how many clients you're going to want to take because. 15. I'm only taking on 15. So oh, no more 15. than 15. Yeah. Because I, I used to think before I went into the side of the business, I'm like, God, oh, there are so many coaches. For God's sake, there are so many coaches. But I understand now why there are so many coaches because realistically, I don't know how other coaches do more than 12 to 15 athletes on their own because this takes so much time and you're responsible you, you know you need to make sure that you're responsible for the information that you're giving your clients the kind of sessions that you want them to do and then also going through that journey with them and doing the reviews and all that kind of stuff I think if you had more than 15 Jesus Christ. I know, the money I know it's and it's building the community around that too. So that's, that's what I've been doing for the last like 15 years is yeah, I don't coach, but like you, I was kind of thinking about it, but I know how time consuming is because I have coached yeah, yeah, and, um, and then like taking away from other things yes. that I don't necessarily want to, you know, take from. away from. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, five maybe um because yeah. I had one I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> I'm like this is you know it's it was just a little over even one but and with everything else that I was doing so I'm like I don't know if I could be a good coach unless but I'm building a community where I coach like a large number of people at the same time and I'm going to be doing um you know like weekly to bi-weekly sessions to help people kind of organize themselves yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean like but if you're doing triathlon you're thinking three sports I just have one yeah. um and so it makes it a little different but people can overdo on that too you know yeah, like and that's riding the all the time yeah yeah and that's the thing so I'm gonna uh yeah no more than 15 um it's it's open now for like a wait list so that I can sort of educate people along the way of what to expect and what to pick who you want to work with correct and I will inter not interview them I want them to interview me and I want them to I want to have an interview like the initial consultation because if we don't gel then there's no point so they're like it's very much a relationship side of things so we'll see how very we hard mm -hmm. yeah, yeah very good yeah so oh my gosh well that's awesome you got lots of stuff going on this mm -hmm. fall so like she said the store is open you can get edits is that like a newsletter yes yeah, so i send out a monthly <laughs> newsletter yes yeah, i was like <laughs> i think that's a edit. newsletter yeah <laughs> so you can get you can get on her newsletter and uh so what's your what's your website is it just stomp stomp the pedal dot co dot uh, yeah. co yeah um so you can get on there join her newsletter stay up to speed as to what she's doing, her coaching, yep. stuff like that. And thank you so much. So thank you to our listeners and thank you to Tarsh for being so open about your business. Um, 
like like you said, took about three years, right, to get the product to where it is. And if you can look at this, watch this episode on YouTube because the visual of her products are amazing. And um, and just seeing us. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to follow both of us on Instagram. Um, and and uh, you know, give us a great review if you feel so moved. But with that, Tarsh, I so appreciate you. This has been amazing. And thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.